You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now... Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about the Federal Reserve, uh, as we promised from our last podcast, to look a little bit in-depth at the Federal Reserve. As we mentioned previously, uh, most Americans don't even know that this is a private banking cartel. It is not a government operation. And there's a lot of things that are more than curious about it, even from its founding back in 1913. And there are some excellent resources. We'll have links to those. There's excellent books, Secrets of the Federal Reserve by Eustace Mullins. You can actually read that online free. And then The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffins. And then there's a, a, a video called Century of Enslavement, the History of the Federal Reserve by James Corbett. It's quite good if you're into videos. And so I'm going to start off here with Craig to give us why we we hold these truths are concerned about this issue. Well, thanks, Tom. Perhaps our listeners are wondering, why should we be talking about the financial system when our focus here at We Hold These Truths is to expose Christian Zionism? And if, if you go to our webpage, you know, We Hold These Truths website, you'll see right above our name is pro-peace and pro-life. And the problem is our country can't fund its serial wars without the complicity of the central bank, which in the United States is called the Federal Reserve System. I think it's significant to expose the Federal Reserve for what it is. It's a very sophisticated central bank Ponzi scheme that was rammed through our Congress in uh, 1913 after being hatched up on Jekyll Island, Georgia, in 1910 by a of bankers. And, again, you mentioned uh, Edward Griffin's excellent book, The Creature from Jekyll Island first published in 1994. It's now in its fifth edition, and it's still available. You can buy it at Amazon and, and so forth. But what I'm going to talk about is let's take a look at what makes up the Federal Reserve today, and I'm just going to specifically talk about the Federal Reserve Board of Governors. First, we have Janet Yellen, who is an Ashkenazi Jew, and there has not been a non-Jew chairman of the Federal Reserve since 1987. And of all the federal uh, reserve chairs since its creation, at least uh, seven have, have been Jewish. Stanley Fisher, the vice chair, he's an interesting character. He is also an Ashkenazi Jew who is of Israeli dual citizenship. And as a youth, he joined an organization called Habonim, which is a Jewish socialist Zionist cultural youth movement. He later became uh, the governor of the Bank of Israel, from uh, 2005 to 2013, and he also was with the IMF and the World Bank, and he is also a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Then finally, we come, well, we come to Jerome Powell. He's non-Jewish, but he's a partner uh, at the Carlyle Group, one of the largest defense contractors in the world, and is a major player in the military-industrial complex. He's also on the Board of Governors. And then the last is Lael Brainerd, uh, she also is an Ashkenazi Jew. I found a different site 
saying whether she was an Israeli dual citizen or not. I can't say that for sure, but there's some uh, allude to that. And also, uh, she is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. The uh, Israeli publication called The Forward, it carried an article entitled The Jewish Story Behind the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank, and we'll put a link to that. Oddly enough, even though the uh, protocols of the learned elders of Zion, it's been debunked and it's saying that, well, it, it was a ruse, it was, you know, it was just a hoax and all so forth. Whatever it is, it's very close to what we see happening in today's uh, financial markets. Protocol number 20 describes how Jewish bankers take over the financial system of Western nations and manipulate them to their own advantage. And this is, this is a quote from the protocols. It says, economic crises have been produced by us for the goyim by no other means than the withdrawal of money from circulation. Huge capitals have stagnated, withdrawing money from states, which were constantly obliged to apply those same stagnant capitals for loans. These loans burdened the finances of the state with the payments of interest and made them bond slaves of these capitals. Every kind of loan proves infirmity in the state and a want of understanding of the rights of the state. Loans hang like a, the sword of Damocles over the head of rulers who, instead of taking from the subject by temporary tax, come begging with outstretched palm to our bankers, end quote. And so... And since we are a pro-peace organization, well, how does the money get into the hands of the military-industrial complex to fight these serial wars? And it goes on and on. And, well, like we talk about, this money gets created out of nothing, and it gets put back into the society. And the first time it gets put into the government, it has full value, and that goes right into the military-industrial complex. Then as it gets spent over and over again, it, it dilutes the pie, and so that's why we have an inflation. And most people don't understand the inflation is increasing the money supply. And if you look back in an old dictionary, what is inflation? It says just that, an increase in the money supply. A new dictionary, if you look up the definition of inflation, it says increasing prices. But that it just it doesn't really go back to the cause. And so here we have the Federal Reserve System creating money out of nothing that funds these serial wars that the government uses to do this, and it's so much in control of the Zionist side of the equation. There was an interesting article in Haaretz newspaper, and it says, Are Socialist Zionists Taking Over the U.S. Federal Reserve? And it, it, it's an article describing about Yellen and Fisher and their role in that. So they are left-leaning socialist Ashkenazi Jew Zionists who are controlling the Federal Reserve System, which, you know, like I said, goes into the whole thing about providing the funds. So that's why we're interested in it, because it's, it has a direct tie to Christian Zionism, or Zionism in particular, and Christian Zionism for their support. It has a direct tie into funding these serial wars that uh, we, we oppose. So those, those are the two major reasons I see why we'll even talk about the Federal Reserve. Chuck? Very good. Uh, well said. And uh, I think that it can be pointed out that our president, Donald Trump, just came back from Saudi Arabia. And in Saudi Arabia, he announced that they hatched up a agreement to sell to the government of Saudi Arabia some $300 billion worth of military equipment uh, over the next 10 years, with about $110 billion of it taking place right away, as I recall the numbers. We've published uh, this story on our website. 
And, of course, one would immediately ask, where is Saudi Arabia going to get the money to buy all these armaments? The story that was carried by CBS News stated that the reason Mr. Trump had made this agreement was part of the deal is that Saudi Arabia will become our ally in helping to destroy ISIS in Iraq and in Syria. And, of course, uh, there's been much question about who financed ISIS in the first place. But the tie to this is, of course, that if uh, Saudi Arabia does not care to put up all the money to acquire all this equipment, say they don't feel that they need another 50 jet airplanes, the Federal Reserve then becomes the financier for deals like this. And this is exactly how wars get sprouted. Uh, A politician or groups of politicians or groups of bankers that want to see the war uh, create the situation of an aggressor, And if financing is needed, then the Federal Reserve comes forward and provides that financing. And the question is, how do they get the money to provide this financing? The writers who have written about the Federal Reserve system have acres of material to write about. There is so much that it's uh, very confusing. Tonight, we're going to concentrate on just two items that the Federal Reserve does that are clearly grand theft against the American people. And they are the highest order of criminality. They have simply stolen the wealth of our country from under us. And they do it all the time right in front of us. Now, you may remember a few years ago, there was a movement to uh, demand that the Federal Reserve Bank get audited. And apparently at that time, the congressman, Ron Paul and others, who wanted to see this done, thought that it would be helpful if an auditing firm was to audit the Federal Reserve. Well, uh, uh, in the latest copy of the Federal Reserve annual statement for 2016, it's got an audited statement, but it's a very loose audited statement. I've read lots of these things over the years. And it's by KPMG, one of the big 10 accounting firms. And it uh, says that they've looked over the Federal Reserve's books and find them to be generally in order to a reasonable degree. The point here is that the Federal Reserve has been responding to uh, the pressure that's been put on it, and this is the first time I've ever noticed an accounting firm even calling it an audit. But the audit accepts uh, a couple of issues that are so obvious and so blatant that we know that they're in on the fraud. And as Craig has pointed out, the bankers who are leaders of the Federal Reserve are very often Jewish because the leaders of the big banks that own the Federal Reserve are predominantly Jewish. They include Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, that's headed up by Jamie Dimon, and Chase Manhattan Bank, Wells Fargo, and on the list goes. And then it goes on into foreign banks that actually own big hunks of the Federal Reserve Bank. So we have all of this connection here, but when we come down to the bottom line, is total outright theft. I'm going to talk about just two of these items of theft because we want our readers to be able to remember these. And when you go to our website, we're going to give you a link that goes right to this audited statement by KPMG. And in that, it has the footnotes that explain what I'm just about to say. In the Federal Reserve's statement of wealth and assets, they play down their net worth. They pretend to be poor old country boys helping us out with our problems. 
The net worth shown on the financial statement of the Federal Reserve is a lot of money. The Federal Reserve lists its capital at the end of last year as $40.4 billion. Now, that's no small sum of money. A $40 billion corporation is pretty big. But in truth, the Federal Reserve is undervaluing their reserves right in front of their auditing firm. Because it says on the front page that they have $11 billion in gold certificates. And then it goes on in the footnotes to explain that each gold certificate can be converted into gold at the United States Treasury, where our Treasury is supposed to have hoarded the largest gold hoard in the history of the world. And these $11 billion worth of gold certificates that the Federal Reserve holds as an asset are really worth is $327.6 billion, uh, 29 times as much as they're carrying them on their books because they're carrying the the, uh, gold certificates at the original price at the time they were issued, which is $42 per ounce of gold. So the Federal Reserve lies to us right up in front and right up in front of their accountant, and their accountant just covers for it by writing a footnote that no one reads except someone like me, perhaps, or, or some of the We Hold These Truths people that actually dig into these things. So how has the Federal Reserve managed to accumulate an extra $300 billion uh, worth of assets in the form of our gold? And by the way, I've been through the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. I took my whole family through it when one of my kids graduated from high school. And they proudly show you the gold in the basement of the Federal Reserve. It's down six floors under Manhattan. And there it is. They take you through the window, and if you get one of their guided tours, you can actually look at it, or at least you could 20 years ago. So the Fed is lying about the amount of money that they've accumulated and stolen from us. It's actually theirs. And they issue an excuse or two about it, but the truth is they have it. And I'm not too sure they don't actually even have the physical gold because uh, they show us the gold and they refuse to tell you whose gold it is when they show it to you. Now, another even worse case that I'd like to refer to is the treasury bonds that the Federal Reserve holds as an asset on their financial statement. Now, here's how it works. If Donald Trump is unable to come up with the money to give the $300 billion of armaments to Saudi Arabia so that they can start supposedly overthrowing governments in Syria, as mentioned, as one of them, If this money is not forthcoming from Saudi Arabia, the United States Treasury has in the past simply issued bonds, the United States government bonds, the United States government bills and notes, and the Federal Reserve Bank pretends to buy these notes. They pay for them by giving the Treasury a checking account at the Fed. You see, the Federal Reserve is chartered as the only central bank in America. And therefore, it has the right to issue checks. And so the Fed then issues a check back to the Treasury for $300 billion, let's say. And then the Treasury has the money to pay Lockheed to build the aircraft that they're giving to Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia gives us back a promise. This is how these wars are funded, is somebody is talked into conducting the war. ISIS probably has been created that way by some third party. But the Fed shows these bonds that they buy as assets in their financial statement. And here is the part that proves they've stolen them. 
it's very difficult for us not being bankers to realize that a bank has a right to actually print money. When it makes loans, it actually loans out resources, but by the time those resources have traveled through the system a number of times and been uh, deposited and reloaned by other banks, you have a multiplication of the number of dollars in circulation uh, without increasing the reserves that are at the root. The Federal Reserve Bank, at the end of each year, adds up its costs and its income. And its income is shown to be uh, about $111 billion a year in the most current statement. Now think of that. Now, of that $111 billion, most of that is interest paid on the U.S. government bonds that the United States Treasury pays to the Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, now, you might add, well, I'm not convinced that they really print the money to buy these bonds. You have to explain that to me more thoroughly. I'm not going to try to explain it to you more thoroughly. There are many people in the books that we recommend who go into elaborate details, and frankly, it loses most people. But what can't be lost on it is the fact that at the end of 2016, the Federal Reserve Bank wrote a check back to the Treasury in the amount of $91.4 billion. And in their footnotes, it's explained that they pay the money back to the Treasury as they agreed to do when the Federal Reserve Bank was created. Now, you might ask, how benevolent of them? They're making a $91 billion tax contribution to our government. No, they're not. Back when the Federal Reserve was created, the people around at that time were at least wise enough to see that it was a license to steal, and they wrote into the original act somewhere in the fine print that the Federal Reserve would have to give back the interest on the money that they did not earn in the first place. And so ever since, the Federal Reserve has been playing the pretend game that we, they own these treasury bonds and then giving the, that they didn't pay for, and giving back the interest at the end of the year. Now, this is not to say that they're petty thieves, because they keep approximately $7 billion of this interest each year to help them pay their expenses. So we, we are actually paying $7 billion to the Federal Reserve out of our treasury that they have no right to whatsoever to pay their expenses of all their officials and all their banks and all their activities and all of the propaganda that they pass out. And uh, then they are uh, doing their little obligation by writing the check back to the Treasury for the $91 billion that they shouldn't have had in the first place. So by their own paperwork, by their own documents, by their own so-called audit, the Federal Reserve clearly proves that they've stolen the Americans' gold and that they steal $7 billion each year. But the damage they do with the money that they create goes many, many times beyond that. And we can stop to think that the gold that used to be worth $42 an ounce today costs $1,200 an ounce, 1200 and change. So the value of gold has gone up by approximately 27 and a half times. And in that same period, the value of our currency has gone down by about 78%, if not a lot more. Any questions? Well, Chuck, I, I was just thinking about when I first started working, I think I still have my pay stub that I got for $1.50 an hour, and gasoline was about uh, $0.35 cents a gallon or, or less. And now we've had 10 times that. 
as far as percentage goes, you know, that's like a thousand percent increase. So if you saved a dollar way back when, that dollar would only be worth, you know, uh, less than a penny. And that's something the public don't realize that the money has been stolen right from them in the form of inflation. And that point never gets communicated. Exactly. And of course, what is the money used for that is printed? Uh, and it rotates back to our Congress, used for things like Donald Trump's latest trip, which will probably, uh, may very well, could, could result in war against Iran, open hostility toward Iran, and perhaps uh, yet another war in the Middle East. This is uh, the pattern that is repeated over and over again. And the Federal Reserve, of course, is right in the middle of it. None of it could go on without the Federal Reserve. So, Craig, as you said in the very beginning, the abuse of Americans as a result of the Federal Reserve Acts. The Federal Reserve is implicated more than our politicians because it's there generation after generation, and it goes on and on. It survives one president after another, one Congress after another. People come and go, live and die, and the Fed continues on in continuity, doing the same thing over and over again year after year, ever since it was created in 1913. Tens of millions of people have been killed. The wars have corrupted generations of Americans not to understand what their money's worth, to think differently than they would think. Grand theft benefits the bank owners because the bank owners have been able to make uh, lavish loans. And, for instance, the school debt loans that are now piling up on the backs of tens of thousands of students that they're never going to be able to repay. I heard a speech by a student 26-year-old student teaching in a private Christian school. He quipped in the middle of his commencement speech that he uh, now has a $30,000 loan to repay and a job that cannot possibly pay it back. So the two items we talked about here, buying government bonds with printing money that's used to finance war, and of course, pilfering the gold out of the United States Treasury is probably the greatest and most horrible threat in the history of finance. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.